Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Increase our faith. That was the cry of the disciples in Luke chapter 17. And you can hardly blame them, really. The way of Jesus is so entirely different from the ways of the world that it is only by faith that we can even begin to walk in his ways. Back in Luke chapter 10, Jesus had sent out the 72. You remember that? He sends them out to all of these towns and villages to prepare the way, and he sends them out with what? No extra money. No extra bag of stuff, no extra sandals for their feet, uh, but he sends them out with his word, with his authority. And they come back, and they're all excited, right? Because even the demons are subject to us in your name because of the authority of Jesus. But since that time... Jesus had started to open up to them more and more and more of what it means to be his disciple, what it means to walk with God. He said things like, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And now, on top of all of that, he tells his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And finally, the disciples realize, I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do this. To forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive, to not be the cause of somebody else's sin, to deny the fleshly lust, to see money merely as a tool to be used for the glory of God and service to the neighbor, to pass through the narrow door, all of these things, it's just too much. And so in desperation, they cry out to Jesus, increase our faith. Now they were looking to the right place for an increase of faith because it is God who gives and sustains faith. The fact that you have faith isn't a result of good works that you've done or a decision that you've made or because you just happen to be born into the right family. John puts it this way in his gospel. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God did it. 
Faith is a gift. And that's why we can confidently confess when we have that baptism at the, the 1030 service that after being baptized, Luke has faith in Jesus. Because baptism is a gift from God, faith is a gift from God, and by baptism, he gives the faith to receive what is given in baptism, salvation, new life. God enables us to believe in Jesus and to receive salvation. He gives us faith to be able to begin living in the ways of Jesus, to forgive our brother again and again and again and again, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to follow him, to value Christ more than we value things. The Catechism explains it in this way. I, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gift, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. So if you want your faith sustained, where do you need to go? You go right back to the Lord, the one who gave it to you in the first place. Increase our faith. That's what the disciples say. Now Jesus responds. And I don't know about you, but the response, when I initially read through this, I was like, well, that that doesn't seem like the most helpful response I've ever heard from you, Jesus. What is that? He doesn't say something like, well, as Solomon asked for wisdom, so you have asked for faith, and so you will receive it, right? It's not like, hey, yeah, you're, you're asking for exactly the right thing. He doesn't quite say that, does he? Instead, he says this, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. That seems kind of like an odd response, doesn't it? Is it a rebuke? Is it a, uh, an answer? What does it mean? And I think what Jesus is doing here is he's teaching his disciples about faith. He's teaching them that even the smallest, seemingly insignificant amount of faith is powerful. Even faith like a mustard seed is saving faith. With faith like a mustard seed, tiny little itty-bitty faith, you can do amazing things. Like, forgive your brother who sinned against you again and again and again. Like, deny your fleshly lusts. Like, seeing money as a means of glorifying God and serving your neighbor. And yet, Jesus also seems to be warning the disciples against seeing faith in the wrong way. So there's this habit the disciples have of making everything about themselves. Hey, that's kind of like us, right? And there's this temptation for them that they go to Jesus and they say, increase our faith. And it seems like they're saying, so that what? We can do amazing things. Increase our faith so that we can do amazing things and God will be pleased with us and others will be impressed by us. And so faith, wrongly understood, could easily become about the disciples and their status, about us and our status. So Jesus goes on and he says this, Will anyone of you who has a servant or 
uh, out keeping sheep, say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table. Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants, we have done all that we have only done what was our duty. <laughs> we are unworthy servants, we have only done what was our duty. Well, that doesn't sound very impressive. But how quickly we make things about ourselves, right? See how quickly I, I forgave that person who sinned against me? Isn't my faith impressive? Isn't it great? Look how I chose not to sin in this given situation. Aren't you impressed? <laughs> and Jesus is saying, if you're looking at faith in that way, you've got it all wrong. It's not about impressing others. It's not about impressing God or earning God's favor. Faith leads to actions that are good and God-pleasing simply because those things are good and God-pleasing. Faith doesn't need to be commended as impressive because ultimately faith isn't about faith. Now that might sound strange, right? Faith isn't about faith. Let me say it another way. The object of faith isn't faith. The object of Christian faith is Jesus. Faith saves because the object of our faith saves. Jesus saves. So Jesus warns his disciples not to rely on their own faith, but to trust in him. How can faith possibly uproot a mulberry tree and plant it in the sea? Well, it's not because of the strength of the faith, but because of the strength of the one in whom we trust. He is able. Jesus is able. How can we possibly forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive? Well, because Jesus has the power to forgive and he gives us new hearts and a willingness to forgive by faith. Faith is powerful, not in and of itself, but because the object of our faith is infinitely powerful. Let me finish with this. Maybe, maybe you don't think you even have faith, but you want it. Or maybe you think, you know, I, I just don't even know today. I'm just not feeling it today. Well, if that's the case, the answer is pretty simple. Look to Jesus and ask him for faith to believe. And here's the thing. If you're asking Jesus, you know what we call that? Faith. It might be faith like a mustard seed, but it is faith. And that is powerful because the one to whom we look in faith, Jesus Christ, is powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.